0: Do you dream about your next trip? You're in the right place. On the Time to Talk Travel podcast, we come to you weekly to share places to go and what to do when you get there. Let's dive into this week's adventure.
1: Hi, we're here for another episode of Time to Talk Travel. And today there are four folks on from the team. We've got Desiree, Maureen, Sharon, and myself, Nasreen. And we are going to be talking about unique places to stay. Whether that is a jail, like I stayed in for my honeymoon that's been renovated into a luxury hotel or ice hotels. We're going to be talking about how we found them, if they cost more, and tips that you need if you're looking for a more unique lodging experience. So I'm going to jump in with
2: Sharon and ask her what the most unique place she's ever stayed is. The most unique place that I've ever stayed actually is inside of a museum. One summer we were traveling in Finland and I was last minute, very last minute looking for a place to stay in Helsinki. There was an installation at the local art museum where someone had built traditional Finnish summer cottages, which is something that people might have in their backyard, for display in the museum. The museum decided, you know what? Let's rent these out as a unique Airbnb experience. I saw that and I was just thrilled to score a little tiny cottage with four beds so there was like a double bed downstairs and then two little bunk beds upstairs and it was literally like a playhouse but in the middle of a museum and the museum had a sauna for their employees use believe it or not there was a sauna anyway it was a fantastic stay we ended up getting interviewed by the news in finland and that was on finnish npr it was one of our most memorable stays of anywhere we've ever been One thing I'd love to talk about is why you would want to stay at a unique property. The fact that these properties are out there and that these experiences are out there is one thing, but why did we seek that out? And I think it's a story that we're still telling to this day. We know loads of people who have stayed in Helsinki and loads of people who have stayed in hotels and Airbnbs there, but I don't know anyone else who stayed at that museum. It's a great story and it's just something different it's like a cottage within a museum.
1: Within... it, It's very meta.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was very meta, and I'm probably not doing it justice. It was a beautiful wood structure. They provided us with traditional flax bathrobes, and everything in the cottage was locally sourced and handmade, and it was just an incredible experience for all of us. That sounds awesome. I think you hit on a really good point
1: with why we seek these out. For us, the jail honeymoon thing, I was traveling a lot for work at the time. So when we got married, we stayed in the town in Boston where we lived. We sat there and said, let's get a really cool hotel that's unique and then eat great food and we're not spending money to go away. So Desiree, best, best most unique experience with lodging.
3: I still have to say, I think it's hysterical you went to a jail for your honeymoon. We're still it is married. married. Yes, yes who don't shave on that. I've seen that hotel. I have not stayed there, but it is on my list. I stayed at Dremelin Castle in Ireland, and that was a really cool experience. The walls literally looked like castle walls. That was pretty neat because a lot of times they put the stucco over and it makes it all finished and it doesn't feel like a castle anymore. That was really cool. The last trip I took in Santorini, I stayed in one of the cave houses with the curved interior walls. We had a patio and... Our indoor shower had a window that overlooked the Blue Tower that to me is just, that's where millions of people line up to get photos. And here I am just taking a shower, private, going, we can see, but that was pretty cool. I've also been glamping in a canvas tent in Montana. I went to Paul's Up and that was really fun and a different experience. And you think tent camping, no, but this tent had a built-in bathroom with heated floors, and a butler. So while I was partying at the campfire, I could call back and say, would you warm my bed? And he would have the fire going. And I stayed on a sailboat once in Martha's Vineyard, which people do that all the time. But I was traveling with my daughter and Martha's Vineyard to me screams being on the water. It was really out of necessity more than anything because it was almost like a week or two out and there was nothing available. Found a sailboat. He brought up
1: paws up and I was like, oh, we should have had Kim
2: Marie on. She loves that. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. You reminded me when you said glamping. I spent a night at the San Diego Zoo. They have a warren snore at the San Diego Zoo. I've done that a couple of times. The last time that I went, it was elephant mating season. Let me just say, nobody got a wink of sleep that night. It was a (laughs) little loud. Those elephants were having a party. Wow,
1: I'm not sure that comes up in articles a lot where it's like, hey, if you're gonna go to the zoo and sleep over, make sure you don't do it during elephant mating season. Wow, that 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 is a consideration I wouldn't have. There's a tip for you. Oh my goodness. Okay, Maureen, do any of your stories involve elephant mating season?
0: No, I (laughs) didn't realize that that was something to take into consideration on my travels, but no. Have stayed on a sailboat. We've done that in Tampa Bay. Our family's big sailors, so staying on boats. I actually, until you said that, Jess, I didn't even consider it as a unique thing. But yeah, staying on boats is a ton of fun. and If you like that sort of rocking motion, you sleep really well. As far as the most unique places I've stayed, I stayed in a 700-year-old fortress in Croatia, um, also where they filmed Game of Thrones, where we talked about in one of our other episodes. And what was cool about that is that it wasn't unique for there. There are so many of these fortresses and whatnot that it was cool for us coming from outside. But in Croatia, they're all along that Castella region. I think it was 70 euros a night. We were So for $700 US dollars, we stayed for 10 days, which was crazy, in a beautiful place overlooking the water in a fortress. We stayed in a palace in Venice, which is basically a really fancy boutique hotel. When you're traveling, the places have so much history. Every single thing about it, the building, the furniture, everything went in, it has its own story as well. We stayed at a winery in Northern Italy. That was pretty cool. And then you brought up the ice hotel. So I have not stayed in the ice hotel, but I have been to an ice hotel in Quebec city and did an ice shot. You get a little shot glass made of ice. Very cool. I think those are my top Unique places that I've stayed. And it's not that you even really look for them necessarily. It's out of necessity sometimes, but it's just a different opportunity. And so I love that part. You end up with a great tale to tell.
1: I think a lot of it is about the story for me, too. I was in business travel for so many years that I veer towards knowing what I'm getting with my lodging and knowing that it is going to deliver what I need. I might be a little hesitant to step into a really different thing. I tend to go towards those hotels that have a story that used to be something else. So the jail or in San Antonio overlooking the Alamo there is a Doubletree. It used to be a hospital and a mental institution and it's beautiful, the Emily Morgan. We stayed there multiple times, brought our friends once and my friend is convinced that her room was haunted, but gorgeous hotel and with a whole story behind it.
2: If you can get those haunted rooms, that's always a <laughs> bonus. I used to have a whole podcast I've wanted travel, so I totally have stayed in a lot of haunted places and love stories about haunted places. I just remembered another place that I stayed was a Bedouin village in the desert. And I was touring in Jordan, which was a fantastic stay because it included entertainment and a meal. And you were out in the middle of the desert and the stars. The view was incredible. That was another really unique experience. So many of them are coming to my mind now. It's funny because I think that all of us are travelers. And so we've all stayed some pretty crazy, unique, amazing places. And it's almost normal for us. I did want to also bring up, there are a few places that I would never stay. As a travel writer, they've been pitched to me or I've seen them come up in my feed on Instagram. There's a couple of experiences where you can sleep suspended over a gorge, like from a tent. I've seen these pictures of no, places. That is my absolute worst nightmare. Whenever I see that one come up in my feed, I'm like, never, never. And I'm just curious, like what you have, guys would never do.
3: Have you done that, Desiree? I haven't done it, but I would in a heartbeat. My husband Yeah, I worry a little now about I often have to go to the restroom in the middle of the night, and that could be an issue. (laughs) Okay, where do you go? I love the stuff that you're never going to forget. I travel a lot with my daughter, and she is part of the IG generation. Everything is about the gram, getting the photos by the Blue Dome. So that motivates a lot of her travel. I just like different. I'm planning a big trip to Europe in the fall, and... In Amsterdam, I'm sleeping on a boat. I want that different experience. YOLO, you only live once. So I would totally do the suspended hammock. Absolutely. I love that idea.
1: I can't do the suspended. Underwater does not interest me at all. I don't think I would do that. Now, I was just having this discussion with someone the other day about the idea of skydiving versus skydiving inside in a tube. And I'm like, I would never do the inside a tube one. And he's, you've been skydiving. And I'm like, it's not the same. The tube thing, enclosed. No, no underwater, no hanging anywhere for me.
2: I think that rules out there is in the Czech Republic. When I was there, I didn't do this particular experience. but A bunch of my friends stayed in an old World War II bunker. It was an underground no window. And that's why I didn't do it. I also get pretty claustrophobic. So anything submarine, bunker, underwater, like anything where you're in a small chamber is totally out of my comfort zone.
1: A-, a submarine would definitely be a no-go for me. I don't know about bunker because it feels if it's in metal and it's enclosed, I can't explain it. That, this, this doesn't need to be a, a therapy session for me <laughs> on my weirdness about being claustrophobic <laughs> and what constitutes it and what doesn't. But I guess I have some strange requirements there. What would your no-go be, Maureen? Because I don't want to miss you on that one. Do you have something you wouldn't Oh, miss? I'm
0: not sleeping over a cliff or okay. hanging from okay. anything. No. So
1: most of us are in agreement on that. We will let Des check it out for us. Des uh, is going on that one. Yeah. I think we all love to travel. so We probably
0: would figure out a way to get there or stay somewhere. I'm traveling with my kids a lot for sailing. We have stayed in such a variety of places because I work with a budget. And we've stayed in a room in somebody's house, which is a whole other thing. This old lady was renting out rooms in her house. So my son and I stayed in this little tiny room with two twin beds and 8,000 books. It was like, Sharon, you love books. This lady was your lady. She had books everywhere. And it was like 50 bucks a night. And my son still remembers we had to share the bathroom and it was with strangers. But then when we go somewhere that's really nice, they have an appreciation for it. So I balance it out that way and keep my unique places, be a variety of budget, a variety of locations and different types. So that's but no, I'm not sleeping in a hammock over a cliff. That's not good.
2: My kids have lots of memories of staying with strangers, but usually it's their own relatives when they have to share a bathroom and stay in in a little tiny room with a bunch of people. I was just going to say, now I'm going to go and look for library stays because you've inspired me. So that
1: kind of brings us into the idea of budget, which I know we wanted to hit on. How do you find these stays and is there a budget in mind? Are they things that you're finding because they're budget friendly? Are they things you're saving and splurging on? I know that for my family, at least when we go places, we like to go to cities. Because we like to walk. We like to just explore and go around. And so for me, I'm usually going for something budget friendly, but that's walkable to everything because we want to spend our money on food because that's that's who we are. We, we want to spend our money on food. I would look for stays in a downtown area that were a little more unique. That would be my methodology for it. But I'd love to hear what everyone else's are.
3: I'm totally the opposite of you. <laughs> I could bring protein bars with me and eat that the entire time. I get a lot of grief for this. I much rather put my money in the experiences and where I'm staying, but I will budget it out. Like when I went to Santorini, we had the really nice Airbnb I found happened to be available for two of the days that I was there. In early April, it's 350, $400 a night, where in thick of June it is a a grand a night. I would never have paid a grand a night. I'm way too practical. Then I hold back on the other expenses. Like you said, the food, I'm not going to sit at a restaurant and drop $300 a plate for the experience. of You know what I mean? My boyfriend would do that in a heartbeat. He's like, no, you must budget in the food. (laughs) Then we could spend your money on the food. I'm going to spend it on this and we'll both live large. I think I'm the snacker, right? Because we don't do
1: the big sit down meals. There's six of us. If we do it, we do it for lunch. But I want to buy something and keep trying things and keep tasting. I want to walk by every single thing that smells good and be like, "Ooh, let's get a
3: snack. That I can go for. That I can go for. But as far as finding the deals, I have a whole separate travel budget in my budget. I will work a second job to go travel. I will pick up freelance work for my separate travel bank account. That
2: is how important it is to me. When I do this sort of unique travel, it's actually a great way to save because I find that a lot of these unique experiences are not very expensive. They're run by oftentimes nonprofit institutions or individuals who have unique homes, and they're not as expensive as staying at a big, fancy hotel. And oftentimes they include meals with them. When we stayed at the zoo and when we stayed at that museum, breakfast was included. This was a big bonus. The museum was actually a big selling point for me when I did the Airbnb search. I generally do search through services like Airbnb or HomeAway. I had been searching within a very small area. I wanted to be right downtown in the middle of the main strip. And the museum was literally smack dab in the middle of everything. So we saved on transportation costs. We knew we were right where we needed to be. So sometimes when you think these bespoke experiences are going to be super expensive, they don't have to be.
0: Yeah, actually, I find that we also have four kids. So the six of us traveling... That often makes a huge difference having a kitchen. Anywhere we go, we try and get a hotel room that has a kitchen or a fridge so that we can do some meals at the house. I love going to grocery stores in different places. A lot of the travel we've done for sailing, I don't really have a choice of where or when. So you have to get creative with where you're going to stay because you're trying to maximize that budget. That's probably why we have found some of these places is because we're a little extra in our research as far as where we're going to stay. We want to get every moment out of it. These That's... things
3: are all very easy to find online. It's a different day than it was a decade ago. It's so simple to put a Google search in for unique places to stay in Timbuktu. You can go to your favorite travel site. We'll be your gals. But at the same time, it's a simple search. Exactly. And with Sharon saying the thing about the museums and
1: everything, I know you can search if any museums have stays in your area that you're visiting. In Montgomery, Alabama, they have the Zelda and F. Scott Fitzgerald house, and the museum in the area owns it and rents out the top floor as an Airbnb. And then also the off-season thing is huge. I used to live right near Round Top, Texas, which a couple times a year, you don't want to try and drive through it because you'll just crawl along. You'll spend all day there. But I went out there and took pictures of and talked to the owners of this place called the Lone Star Glamp Inn. And it's an indoor campground with the little vintage painted trailers and a couple of yurts. During the season when the show's in town, it's outrageously expensive. You have to book way in advance. But when the show's not in town, people book it for a girlfriend getaway because everyone can sleep in their own little trailer, but it's in a giant space with a communal area and a kitchenette area. But it's perfect for a bunch of people who are going to come in and just hang out and want to see each other. Always try to move the price point a couple of times with different timing because it might look too expensive, but that might just be for when you're looking and it might be better a different time.
3: You have to explain
1: what Roundtop is, though. Okay, so Round Top, if you watch Chip and Joanna Gaines and they go down and they're shopping through the tents and Joanna's like, I know where this would be perfect. And she pulls out like a giant corbel that looks like it's been aged. And then she haggles with the dealer a little bit and the kids are running through and Chip's like, oh, I almost broke that. It's literally one stretch between Brenham and the highway to Houston. It's between there and it's just this tiny little town. We looked at houses there. I think the population is like 90. My family would have increased it 10 percent. You can go there any time of year. It's very picturesque. There's little market stores and things you can go in and out of. But during the season is just gigantic it's just tons and tons and tons and tons of people people coming with trailers to buy antiques to bring back all over the state
0: i haven't been but it's right around the corner
3: i think it's important that we talk about safety i have one important tip as you're looking read the reviews but also if you're booking something like an airbnb Ask if anyone else will be in the home while you're there. When we rented the sailboat in Martha's Vineyard, there were two bedrooms on the sailboat. We picked the one that had the two twin beds, whatever. We weren't told there was going to be anyone else on the sailboat until we got on the sailboat. That was a late booking, like a last minute thing. But to be with my then 10-year-old daughter out in the water where we couldn't say this other couple was there to kill us. I don't know. I've got a catastrophic mind. I immediately go to horror movies and things. And I just thought I would never have booked it had I known someone else was going to be on the boat that night. My daughter didn't feel safe and I didn't sleep well. So do ask those questions. Do you get the whole house? Do you have just a room? Who else is going to be in the room beside you? That sort of thing. It's important. That's an excellent point.
1: I'm with you there on the, am I going to end up on a forensic inspection show or something? I have the alarm doorstop that I brought with me when I was traveling internationally when my daughter was young. I used to kick it into the doorway just in case. And I think with the Airbnbs and rentals that aren't necessarily a hotel in general, looking at all of the terms and conditions, all of the additional fees, asking questions. Some of these unique stays can be in things like campers or other things that may have rules about when a generator can be run. Do you really want to be in Big Bend, Texas, and find out that you can't run the air between 9 p.m. and 7 a.m.? Look at all of the facts about the spot and ask any questions you might have up front. Anyone else have any last-minute tips to add?
2: I don't have any last minute tips to have, but you inspired me. Now I'm going to be doing a Google search for libraries that I can stay in. I'm wondering if any of you have a kind of like a bucket list or a dream. This is the type of place I would love to stay. The one other place I really want to stay is I want to recreate from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler and actually stay in that type of a museum. I'm just curious, what are your guys sort of bucket list wish I could stay their places?
3: I have one off the coast of North Carolina. And most people wouldn't think it's a bucket list. It's about 35 miles off the coast. It's called the frying pan. And it's an old oil rig that is just out there. And it's not used as that now. I think they use it for weather. But it's just this massive platform. I can imagine the worst sunburn ever on top of that platform. But there are sleeping quarters underneath. And there's a reef right there at the base. You have to fly out or have your own boat take you out. You can volunteer on it and do work to repair it. I just think that would be so cool. I'm a lighthouse girl, so lighthouses. But the frying pan is one that I think that'd be cool to do one day. And it's not expensive other than the getting out there part. I think you work for your time, your stay. Mo.
0: I was thinking I'd just like to stay in a castle in Scotland, but that sounds cool too. I'm pretty much up for almost anything. I just love to go places and see things and do things. I think that this has inspired me to take another look at what else is there. Like Sharon saying, okay, I'll find libraries. I absolutely love snorkeling. If there's a boat by a reef or something, that would be right up there. The kinds of things where it doesn't need to be fancy, but it does need to be different. Just a good story.
1: I know the frying pan. As soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, I was just reading about that not that long ago. I don't know. I'm up for anything. Where do I get to go? (laughs) But a library stay sounds amazing to me. And I know that my daughters would love that. Maybe some cottage core type thing. Maybe I want to stay in an herb garden somewhere in a cute little cottage and have friendly raccoon or something visit me. I think that's going to be all my, you know, it's going to come and it's going to, I'm going to feed it like Cheerios by the door or something. Maybe that's mine for right now.
0: There's lots of those in Toronto. You can go.
3: Florida's got tons of raccoons. Maybe not Florida.
1: I don't think I want a Florida man raccoon. I want a friendly like Nova Scotian raccoon. A nice proper mane. Like a
2: nice raccoon. We stayed at an Italian cottage that had friendly donkeys, cats, and hmm. the neighbors had a pack of dogs. And the funniest part was we check into the room and my husband and I were having this really big fight at the time. We were like really going at each other. And there's this open window with metal grate if you can picture it. And we're yelling at each other, and suddenly we just both look up, and there's these four dogs, like these four <laughs> massive snouts of dogs, and they're all like up to the window, just peeking through the window, staring at us. <laughs> the fight was over. We just were both rolling on the floor laughing, but it was very cottagecore. I'll send you the details.
1: Awesome. I don't even. Know. I. Just that seems fun right now. After you said the library thing, that's just where my mind went. It's oh. funny how
0: one of those little things, like we stayed at a motel, not fancy or special or unique, but there was like a resident peacock who lived in the parking lot. And every morning we came out and it was like, you're raccoon. And we named him and we had a chat with him every morning. And it was like, I love that motel because of the peacock in the parking lot.
1: How, how can you not? I've got an extra decoration. Okay, so I think that is going to wrap our discussion on unique places to stay. We will put some links to a couple of the places that we've mentioned in the show notes so that you can find them. If anyone knows of any of our dream bucket places to stay and has suggestions, please send them our way. Until next time, thank you so much.
0: This has been another episode of Time to Talk Travel, brought to you by HashtagTravels.com. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by checking out our site joining our newsletter, or connecting with us on social. We've always got the information you need in our episode notes. Until next time, happy travels, and thanks for being a part of our trip.